The Numinous Podcast with Carmen Spaniola. Hi there, and welcome to the Numinous Podcast, where we have interesting conversations with everyday folks about the mystery of life. This podcast is a compliment to the Numinous School, an online intuition development course for people who want their self-awareness to serve a greater good. I'm your host, Carmen Spaniola, and this week I'm answering questions from students of the Numinous School about intuitive development. This is part one of a three-part series. In this episode, I'm going to be answering the number one most common question I receive from students about intuitive development. In next week's part two of this series, I'll be answering a question about refining the use of your pendulum, in particular when it comes to determining time frames. And in part three, I'm going to talk about the spiritual significance of repeating number patterns. Okay, so the first question that I'm going to address is around this issue of not trusting our intuition. I get this question like every week. I get it multiple times a week. And I'm, I'm going to read a, a typical question that was sent to me recently by a student, but I'm not going to say their name actually, because I don't want this person to think that I am uh, ripping into them. I am not let me be clear, ripping into the person who's asked this question, but I am going to rip into this question. So um, fasten your seatbelt, folks, because this is going to be bitchy Carmen. Okay, here's the question. This student writes, I think where I'm stuck in my intuitive development is that my head slash mind gets in the way. I'm not certain when it's my mind or my intuition speaking. And that uncertainty is probably saying that I'm not being intuitive. The thing is, I have Mercury conjunct Pluto on the cusp of the 12th house. I find myself constantly dissecting my thoughts and sometimes second guessing myself. I also associate this with some kind of power slash fear issue. I want to be able to transcend my mind and my sometimes vicious thinking pattern. Okay, so this person has obviously answered their own question. No, of course, that is not being intuitive. That is being obsessively self-critical. So I want to sort of step back for a second and talk about this this question uh, in, in the larger sense. Because I hear this all the time. I just don't trust. I, don't, I just don't trust my my intuition. So how can I... Uh, develop my trust? How can I trust my intuition more? Nobody can do that for you. Nobody can teach you how to trust. You cannot outsource your maturing. This is a maturation process. There's no magic wand that I can wave or anyone can wave that will remove all of your impediments and all of the shielding implements that you erect between you and spirit, between you giving and receiving the love that the universe is offering you. There's just, there's nothing I can say or anybody can say to help you get better at just growing up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to address this question in two ways. Number one, I'm going to call bullshit on that question in the first place, the, the, the whole I don't trust thing. And number two, I'm going to tell you how you can let go of your resistance to receiving this guidance. But 
just bear with me for a second because I'm going to get ranty about this. So here's the rule of thumb, right? If the message you receive is relentlessly critical, it's obviously ego. It's obviously your mind. If it's gently persistent, it's your intuition. So intuition says it all at once. When you receive an intuitive message, it's concise, it is fully formed, and it doesn't obsessively repeat itself. It may be persistent in the way that it shows up in many different forms and repeats itself, but it's gentle. It nudges you. Now, spirit knows that we can do hard things. But who among us ever chooses to do things the hard way? Who among us is like, yes, I would really like to suffer in order to learn empathy, compassion, greater capacity for love in order to trust, right? So often we'll say something like, well, I followed my intuition and it led me into that metaphorical brick wall. So obviously it wasn't right. Why would I trust it again? But the fact is that lots of times that brick wall has our name on it. We need it. It helps us grow and mature. So let me talk for a moment here about, I guess, what I would call this uh, aversion we have to receiving truth. Because I would submit to you that when you're saying, I just don't trust, you know, I, I, I don't trust my, my downloads. I don't trust my, the feeling sensations. I don't trust the intuitive hits that come into my mind. What is actually going on is not that you don't trust. It's that you don't like, you know, it's like, I don't want to do the thing that it seems my intuition is nudging me to do because I'm afraid, because it's scary, because it seems hard. So, yeah, bullshit on I don't trust because it could be my ego. You know the difference between your ego and your intuition. That is not difficult. What is difficult is following your intuition when it isn't what you want to hear. So here is how you can uh, let go of that resistance. And this will hopefully have the effect of creating the conditions in which your trust in your intuition can grow. So there's really three things I'd recommend. Number one, be willing to get hurt. Number two, uh, you need some consistent practice of entering altered states of consciousness, getting out of your mind, transcending, as the writer said. And number three, you have to test yourself and your intuition. How do you cultivate your capacity for trust? You get hurt and you get over it right? So my inspiration for following uh, intuition in spite of fear is Joan of Arc. And I, I, I bring her up when I'm talking to those clients who are really heady, they're really looping, you know, like, is it my mind is it my ego I don't trust? Because to be honest with you, this is sort of as an aside, it would never occur to me not to trust spirit, 
because it's so clear to me how different the voice of spirit is than my ego. I mean, listen to me, my God, if spirit spoke to me like this, I'd be uh, afraid. Um, So yeah, it would never occur to me not to trust that loving energy, even when it's asking me to do what feels terrifying for me. So when I think about Joan of Arc, I actually think about her in the context of uh, the play St. Joan, which I think was written by Shaw. I'm not quite sure. But in the play, the Inquisitor has basically fallen in love with Joan, right? He fancies her and she's about to go to burn at the stake. And so he's trying to convince her to recant. So he's saying, Joan, can't you see? Don't you understand that the voices in your head are just your imagination? And Joan says, of course, they're my imagination. How else would God speak to a human? What that means is... Never forget that your intuition is that of God within you. So it's going to sound like you. It is you. You are divine. So it will sound like you as your most divine, loving, encouraging, brave self. Number two. Dr. Kappas was an innovator in the field of hypnosis. He he did a a, a ton of research and experimentation and a lot of work. Uh, And particularly when it came to uh, goal setting, um, and he was doing it with like sales achievement and all of that, but he was getting pretty mystical about it near the end. And he was the one who said that the subconscious is almost magical in its ability to create our desired reality. And for about 10% of us, this happens easily and effortlessly. But for about 90% of us, it requires consistent application of our intention to achieve a reality that reflects our love and faith and positive thoughts rather than our fear, anxiety, and negative thoughts. So what he's saying is that consistent accessing of your subconscious must become a a practice for you in order to be living the life you desire rather than uh, attracting or living, creating the reality that perpetuates uh, fear, anxiety, etc. So you need to get out of your head by going into the zone. You need to get into an altered state of consciousness. And all that means is a relaxed state of focused concentration. Now, if you can do that, sitting on a tuffet and meditating in silence, that's beautiful. If you can just allow your thoughts to let go and start to notice sensation and sort of fall into the gap, right, between the thoughts, that's great. If you can't, it's perfectly fine to listen to, you know, uh, a recording of waves on the beach or listen to guided visualization or self-hypnosis. You need to get into an altered state of consciousness because if your conscious mind was enough to fix this challenge of, of trust, you'd have licked it by now with all that looping, right? But since it's still there, it means that on a deeper subconscious level, there is some fear. And hey, maybe there's been some trauma in this lifetime. Maybe you've been scorned. Or you've been around people who really demean and look down upon intuition. So of course, there would be some fear there about engaging more intimately 
with your intuitive side. Um, or maybe it's a past life thing. I mean, many, many highly intuitive people have been persecuted in other lifetimes. And if, if you are really struggling to uh, be still and allow yourself to kind of dip in and out of that deeper state of consciousness, then move. You know, you could listen to self-hypnosis while you're running on the beach. You could just put on really awesome drumming, exotic, wild music and, and just dance. And while you are in that state where the thoughts are starting to slip away, you could have maybe written on a piece of paper that you read while you're dancing, a little affirmation that states your intention. And your intention could be direct and simple, like, I am completely willing and open to receiving intuitive guidance, or I'm completely willing to connect with my intuitive self, and I call my next set of life instructions to me now. And you would just repeat that again and again. And this doesn't have to be for extended periods of time consistent application of your intention could just be uh, writing out your intention to develop your intuition in a sentence or two in your journal right before you go to bed because you're about to slip into a really deep subconscious state. So that magical half hour before you go to sleep is a wonderful time to direct your subconscious towards creating the reality you want. And you could just write out your intention that I intend to know and understand on an intuitive level, what I should be doing next in my work in order to, you know, complete this project smoothly, whatever your intention is. Okay, so the third thing is test yourself and test your intuition. You can do this many different ways. And this is different from asking for proof, right? Because the more you ask for proof, the less likely you're going to get it. That's Carolyn Mace, words to live by. This is about verification, so you might do something as simple as uh, taking a deck of oracle cards and pulling a different card every morning and just noting what your interpretation is of what you need to be mindful of that day and then moving through the rest of the day as though that card is going to be reflected, as though you are going to be receiving feedback all day long. The whole day is an answer to your question. Another thing you could do if uh, you're, you're already in the place where you can perhaps meditate or go into trance and receive um, a, a message or a vision or, or what have you, you can check and verify by saying, what events will occur leading up to this message? You could say, what sign will indicate to me that this message is true. Now, I have a wonderful story of uh, my coach actually saying that he did that. He asked for a sign. And he said, if I was really uh, part of this particular uh, culture in an ancient lifetime, when I go visit that site, how will I know? What will happen? And what came to him in the vision was that uh, it was pouring down rain uh, there were three crows and he was going to be all alone at this sacred site. And it's a site that is a very, very busy, uh, you know, world heritage site. It's, you know, there's never nobody there. And wouldn't you know, he 
leaves to go to that site on that day. It's perfectly bright, sunny day, not a cloud in the sky. By the time they get to the site about an hour away, uh, it's totally busy. He gets off the bus, he goes and walks into the site, and all of a sudden, storm clouds roll in very quickly. Everybody rushes uh, back inside into the building. He's left outside all alone. The rain starts coming, it's pouring down, and what happens? He hears a crow cawing, looks over, and there's three of them. So now he's a pretty powerful guy, but I'm telling you that that's another thing you can do is simply ask for a sign. Show me something out of the ordinary or unusual that will let me know without question that spirit, you are here guiding me. So let's all, once and for all, drop the story that we don't trust. Let's get real and let's do those three things. Be willing to be vulnerable, be consistent in getting out of our heads, and be forthcoming and forthright and very direct and ask for verification. Now, I hope I haven't scared you off with my impassioned rant about the trust issue. Uh, I, I am much more uh, compassionate and kind and gentle when I'm working with people one-on-one in the office. But since this is uh, my soapbox, I'm going to use it. And I really want to thank uh, the person, the people who sent me in messages and questions that were along the lines of how can I trust my intuition more? I really do appreciate the opportunity to uh, dive into that more deeply. Today's show notes can be found on my blog at carmenspaniola.com, C-A-R-M-E-N-S-P-A-G-N-O-L-A. And that's where you'll find links to learn more about uh, intuition. If you go to the resources, just go to the very footer of my website, click resources, you'll see that there's a few different topics there, what to do when you can't decide, etc. And uh, I want to thank you so much for listening. Particularly, I want to give a sincere thank you to those of you who've left reviews on iTunes. In particular, I want to thank Hatchling Music, who said, you know how sometimes the right words just find their way to you at the right time? I've had these podcasts from Carmen Spaniola on my to-listen list for a couple weeks now, and I listened to the first three episodes of the past three days. I was spellbound by the intimacy of her voice and the power of her story. And she sort of goes on, thank you so much for leaving that. And I also want to give a shout out to all of the people who are listening in Germany Thank you for being here. I've visited your country, your people, your beer, your food. It's wonderful. Thank you so much for extending your hospitality to me. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, share it far and wide so it can reach more seekers like you because you never know who really needs to hear it right now. And I'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to keep exploring the great mystery of life with me, you can go to my website, carmenspaniola.com, and click the link to the Numinous School, my online intuition development course. It's much more gentle and, uh, as I said, compassionate and patient than I've been in this show. Uh, and I truly feel that it is the great work of my life. So if you have, uh, any feedback, 
any other questions, uh, any anything else you'd like to discuss about intuition, find a way to contact me. You can leave a question even in an iTunes review. I'm more than happy to talk about this subject and uh, bring it into the mainstream discussion because, you know, here's a, a little saying I like, what's the difference between um, an intuitive person and a successful person? Answer, nothing. So this is important work to be sharing. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing. While you're on my website, if you sign up for my monthly email newsletter, you'll instantly receive a meditation download and you'll get something free from me every month. So until next time, take care.